Welcome to the ATG Podcast. We have two special guests from the Foot Collective today. Derek and I are going to challenge them in your workout time so you can listen to this in about 40 minutes. And guys, I need you to break down a system for us. So we start, we walk in the gym, we go backward. Break down for the foot. What would be the most important piece of knowledge? If so, if this was going to cut out in two minutes, like let's start there and Derek and I will try to jot down notes and systematize this step by step. Who wants to dive in first? What do we need to start knowing about the feet? Just start with the anatomy and the physiology. So the foot has 26 bones, 33 joints, four layers of muscle in each foot. And basically that's a lot of hardware in there. The only reason for all that hardware to exist is for movement. The other thing it has is up to 200,000 nerve endings in each foot. So it's like a very densely innovated part of the body, it's similar to your eyes, your tongue, your hands. All of these senses are really important for our ability to figure out what's going on in the environment and adapt appropriately. So all of that hardware and essentially software with the sensation work together and the foot basically acts as a mobile adapter. So it needs to adapt to the surface that we're on. And in nature, that's usually a varied surface. It's different textures, it's different um, terrains, different inclines. So the foot needs to adapt to that. And then it needs to become a rigid lever to then push off basically. So that's, that's a, in the nutshell, the gait cycle. You adapt to the ground and that involves pronation and all of these other movements up the chain. And then you spring back into a rigid lever, which allows you to push off, which is walking, running, jumping, all of these sort of fundamental movements that our feet are critical for. And basically when the foot is barefoot, if it's allowed to be barefoot throughout development, it's that's when it fun- functions best. Mm. But if you disrupt that function with the environment, basically footwear or just artificially flat level ground. So then... what's wrong with footwear? So we've established that the anatomy of the foot, there's a lot going on. The foot is made to move. That's what I'm gathering. The foot is made to move. It's a natural thing. When we're kids, we're barefoot. I see it in my children. Their feet are so capable. They're mobile and strong and they're, they're shaped differently than mine. <laughs> How, how did that happen? What do we need to know about footwear? Yeah, the foot is this incredibly dynamic structure that's supposed to be able to move freely to adapt to the ground underneath it. And I think traditionally, like conventional shoes or what we call unnatural shoes tend to be very stiff. Uh, they tend to be uh, not shaped like feet, actually, right? Feet are supposed to actually splaying it wider as we get closer to the tip of the toes. And most shoes, if you look at them, actually taper into a point. And so there's this disconnect where instead of making shoes around the shape of a natural foot, we've essentially made these unnatural things that force our feet to actually become the shape of shoes, which some people actually call bunions or mm-hmm. all these different diagnoses. But really, you know, we try and simplify shoes so that people can understand the principles of what to look for in a shoe so that they can choose, you know, people often come to us and say, what shoe should I buy? And the problem with that is you're basically trying to give them specific advice. Whereas when they go into the world, they need to be able to evaluate, what do I look for in a shoe? So I can evaluate whether every shoe I ever buy is good for my feet or not good for my feet. And so we simplify it by with the four F's. So there's only Mm. four things you gotta look for in shoes. Okay. And these, these are hierarchical in that the ones I mentioned first are the most important. And so when you buy shoes, you might not be able to get perfect on all four of these F's, but make sure you prioritize the first one 
first and gradually work towards more natural shoes and away from the unnatural shoes. And I think with feet, people assume, what are, what are the things I need to do to improve my feet? And actually the conversation is more about, well, here are some things you can stop doing hmm. that are messing your feet up and they're automatically going to improve. Um, so the four, the four Fs, the num number one is foot shaped. Um, most shoes, like I said, taper into a point. Your foot splays out as you get wider towards the, the tip of the toes. And so finding a shoe that actually mimics that shape. Uh, and you can do that really easily by taking out the insole or the sock liner of a shoe, putting your foot over it. If the sock liner goes into a point and your foot's like overflowing over it, that shoe's probably not foot shaped. And so I think it's what's interesting is the shoe that you've created um, has a straight first ray, whereas most shoes taper in into a point. The first ray, the big toe area is actually allowed to adopt a straightened position, which is crucial because, you know, it's kind of like a tripod. If you kick one leg out of a tripod, the tripod's not going to be as stable. And the big toe being able to go straight is actually a really important part of that tripod that forms the stability of the foot. So foot shaped is number one. Flat is number two. So from the forefoot to the heel, the shoe should be the same height. And most mm -hmm. shoes, most unnatural shoes are actually much higher at the heel than they are at the forefoot, which kind of messes with your ankle position. And actually, you know, if you, if you take a Jenga tower, and you put a wedge under one side of it, you have to reorient all the blocks all the way up to stop it from falling over. And that kind of same thing happens when we look at the human body. You wedge something under someone's heel, and all of a sudden their knees have to change a bit. Their pelvic position has to change. Everything has to orient around that imbalance at the foundation. So foot-shaped, flat. Another one is flexible. Jim mm -hmm. talked about how the foot has 26 bones, 33 joints. It's designed to move. And if you wear a shoe that's stiff, you're essentially inhibiting any movement happening at those joints. And so, you know, a good test for us uh, with shoes is can you twist it? Can you bend it? Can you compress it like this? If it is, if the shoe is flexible and you can manipulate it, it's going to allow your foot hmm. to actually adopt all these different shapes. Uh, and then the last one is feel, which really just means a thin sole. The thinner the sole on your shoe, the more it's going to allow you to have pure feedback from the ground underneath you because we are designed to have texture. Uh, we are designed to have a big toe that's able to extend. And if you have a really thick sole that's either full of cushioning or an air bubble or whatever it might be, it inhibits a lot of movement at these key joints. So foot-shaped, flat, flexible, and feel, aka thin sole. There's a continuum. Barefoot is on one end. Just shy of barefoot is like the most natural shoe that is extremely foot-shaped, perfectly flat, super flexible, has a really thin sole. And at the other end, you might have like, you know, a women's stiletto, which is like the extreme. It's a continuum. You don't have to be perfect. But what we advise people is over time, as you buy new shoes, work in more, work towards the natural end of that continuum. And all you're doing essentially is creating a better environment for your foot to be able to re sort of restore its natural function by just being given an opportunity with shoes that allow it to function naturally. So those are the, the essentials with shoes. I'm going to add in one more F and that <laughs> is fixed. Mac and I were talking about this yesterday, actually, because by those four Fs, then uh, flip-flops or thongs that we, as we call them in Australia, um, would be natural, but you actually need it to be fixed to the back of your heel. Otherwise, mm. your the the foot actually has to compensate by grabbing on with the toes, and it actually functions differently if the heel mm. isn't fixed. So that's why there's like a difference between say natural sandals or barefoot sandals like Sharma's. There you go. <laughs> like that. So it's uh, a little heel strap at the back. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah, and then otherwise, so you know if you. Just chucking on some flip-flops to go into the shops is probably not going to do any harm. But if you're starting to do a lot of mileage in shoes then or, or sandals, 
then you really want that fixed heel strap at the back. Stabilize you a little bit. Yeah. So listen, man, I, like, <clears throat> I'm 45 and I've been wearing shoes my whole life, you know, and I'm, I'm listening to you guys and I'm, I'm like, man, I hope I look like you when I'm 45. I miss, <laughs> thank you, man. The reason why I bring that up, cause I'm like, damn, did I miss the boat? Like, is it, is it over for me? Is it like, can I keep wearing my heels? Like, like what, what part, like, first of all, I wonder what, like, where did this all start? That's my first question. Where did the foot collective start? And then people that like me are, what should we do? Like, we just like, all right. Cause I see you guys walking here barefoot, every, everything you do, you did the sleds barefoot, you did the backwards treadmill barefoot. Like, where does somebody start? Like, it's, it's a lot of information coming fast, right? Yeah. And I'm like, bro, I'm, I like my Nikes. <laughs> yeah. Well, Nick can hit the where the Foot Collective started. Yeah, let, 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 let's bring it back. Yeah, man. I mean, well, I guess first of all, it's never too late, right? The body is, the, I think people often underestimate how adaptable the body is. Uh, and what I mean by that is it, it doesn't actually matter. Uh, in the end, whatever state your body's in, yeah. you always have two options. You can either improve its function or you can continue to limit its function. And so you start by just making a choice to say, okay, feet are actually an important body part. If I wear better shoes, I'm allowing my feet to function better. If I spend a little bit of time barefoot, that's probably a good thing. And I think the key is just starting and knowing that the minute you change something, your body is going to start adapting in a better direction if you're giving it more natural inputs. So, I mean, just to keep the story of TFC brief, um, in 2015, I was a practicing physio and I saw a lot of foot problems and everyone came in asking what could they do to fix their feet. And no one actually realized that the shoes they wore every single day, often the shoes they came into the clinic wearing, were the primary things that were actually causing the foot problems they came to see me for. Mm. And I sort of realized that, okay, I, you know, in clinic, you can see one, one person per hour. But if I put out a piece of content on Instagram, telling people the fundamentals of what to look for in their shoes and the fact that unnatural shoes actually have a consequence on foot health, and that it's incredibly simple to start going down the right path to allowing your feet to adapt to their natural sort of default settings. Um, I can reach a thousand people in a second. And so it really started with this idea that helping people take better care of themselves ends up being a much more scalable, impactful option than treating people's symptoms one-on-one -on -one every day. And then from there, it just kind of snowballed into people being you know, it was like starting an Instagram platform to see if people are actually interested in <laughs> learning about feet. And, uh, and it turns out people were, and they were hungry and they asked questions and people started asking if we could do seminars. Um, and then connected with Jim who, uh, who wanted to get into, you know, some of the balance stuff we were doing. And he brought a really cool element of just focusing on play. Like, how do we make it actually fun to do this stuff so that right. people want to do it? So it's not like this work thing that has to add extra stuff for people to do. It's like, how do you create um, something that's really good for the body that people actually want to do because it's enjoyable to do, not because they feel they need to do it. And from there, we've just been kind of listening to our community of like, okay, where are the blind spots? If we can help people understand footwear, what's the next step? Well, they can't, we realize quickly, they can't actually find this footwear, right? You can tell people what footwear is good for their foot, but if they're like, okay, that's great. Uh, I can't buy it anywhere. You know, we started selling natural footwear, directing people to good brands. Um, and today, really, we fundamentally exist to make the process of health fun, starting with the feet mm -hmm. um, and really connecting people into a sense of community where they can be around other people who are doing the same thing and help each other. Because at the end of the day, you know, we can become 
pretty intense experts on our own bodies and every challenge each individual faces teaches them something. And if we can connect as a community and share those cheat codes and share what we're learning uh, and spread that and have people be open-minded to experimenting and trying new things, yeah. uh, a lot of people can, can really be their best advocates to helping themselves feel better instead of always needing to rely on other people or things or drugs or orthotics or whatever it might be. And all of those things might have a place, but I think helping people understand that they control their health outcome, they are like the primary healthcare professional responsible for their own care uh, is very empowering. And I think we've gotten great feedback on that. So awesome, awesome. And to answer your question about where do you start, you know, yeah. people who are getting older and we're all getting older we're all getting we just older. got an hour older together <laughs> yeah, true <laughs> not, um, not him <laughs> <laughs> he got an hour younger somehow yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i mean 45 is actually young for the average person in our community i would say okay. and it's true that the longer you go wearing unnatural footwear or being sedentary not moving and not exploring natural environments the longer the road tends to be back yeah. So the earlier you start, the better, of course. But as Nick said, the body's always adapting. And it can be a little like the thought of just going, okay, I'm going to start doing everything barefoot. I'm going to come into the gym, start training barefoot. That can be pretty scary. There's also this kind of, kind of cultural taboos around it. But even just, you know, physically, it's like, wow, that's going to be so much for my feet. And it actually would be too much if someone just jumped into doing all of that. But the key is transitioning and... The, what we were just talking about before, after this training session, exploring some of the soulmate stuff, balance stuff that we do. It's pretty much if you can stand on two feet, you can start training your foot function and your balance because it's pretty much infinitely scalable once you know where, how to regress and how to progress, which is like a very similar philosophy, which is why we resonate so much with your philosophy is that it kind of needs to be infinitely scalable in order to get to as many people in the population as has to possible. be accessible yeah and so you know if you can stand on two feet you could stand narrower or you could split your stance so there's all these ways that you can just change your stance which then at, at a certain point you'll feel your feet working to adapt to that change in stance and then over time you can add in different elements of range of motion different elements of strength different elements of coordination but and that's basically what we're trying to systemize for yeah. people is like where do you start? What's possible? Show you what's possible. Where do you start? And how do you get there? Yeah. And so what, go ahead. You got something? I, I just wanted to say one thing about age too, because I think oftentimes people think that the, the chronological age, the amount of years you've been on the planet is the biggest variable about how well your body's going to function. But I remember in clinic, I would see people that were 40 and had hardly any movement capacity. And I would see people that were 80 that had full movement capacity. And so their age was their their ability to move freely and their physical body health was way more of a derivative of their lifetime of movement habits than it was on their chronological age. And I think that, you know, you can be chronologically old and physiologically young if you've treated your body well, moved often and done the right things, which can be immensely simple. And so, I mean, the first step is literally just kick your shoes off once in a while. Like just start there because that alone, people underestimate how impactful it is to just let your feet be out of shoes. Yeah. And the amount of people that wear shoes, even in their house is pretty, pretty insane. And then step two is like, just buy one pair of natural shoes and start working into them and see how your body reacts. Listen to your body and just see what happens. And that is literally this profoundly effective and powerful first step that doesn't require you to do a bunch of extra stuff. Mm -hmm. 
and that just gets you started. I love it, man. I love it. I, I do something called I, I'm a, I'm at the beach a lot. I do a lot of sand mm. and like just take nice. my shoes off, and it's uh something called grounding. And do you guys feel like more of a, a connection to nature at all from like wearing, like not having shoes? Is that something that that you implement or talk about in your uh, uh, philosophy? I would just tell people like sometimes we like to intellectualize or or scientify yeah. things like grounding. Yeah. And to me, it's like if you connect direct because literally you are connecting directly with the natural world when you take your shoes off. Yeah. Um, to assume that that would be bad would be silly. I'm not going to tell someone they need to do it. It's going to like rescue their whole health. But I think there's probably some good stuff there that I don't even care to dive into the magic or understand fully. Yeah. It feels good to me. Um, and on many levels, just getting into nature and connecting more deeply with nature. I think my philosophy is that nature is the most badass decentralized health system. Mm. When we unplug from her, we get diseased in many different ways, whether that's unplugging from real food, unplugging from moving in nature. When we plug back into her, uh, when we reconnect with sort of our roots, yeah. um, good things happen. And I don't really know if I have to dive into, you know, with people that ask about that and they want to know, is there an electron transfer? What's grounding? It's like, I don't know, but it feels good to take my shoes off and don't knock it till you try it and see what happens. I think yeah. you'd be pretty hard pressed to find someone who goes out in nature barefoot on grass, on sand, on whatever they can handle physically. I don't think anyone's going to go out there and be like, oh, I regret going barefoot. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it does just feel good. And sometimes yeah. that's just all you got to tune into is like your body knows what's good for you. And when you give it the right inputs, it gives you the reward of feeling good. Yeah. 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 That's right. I think from an ATG perspective, a light bulb went off for me today when we were training together because the knee ability system is built on the idea that if you can walk forward, you could walk backward to some degree. That means you have a route there of ability that could increase. And I've felt like balance is something very real, but I haven't seen, all right, what's just the, the same corollary to backward walking versus forward walking. What is that for the foot? What is that for balance from wearing basketball shoes, jammed in toes? I think it probably doesn't help that you have the big heel cushion, which puts even more force down to jam in the toes. So my feet became shaped like a basketball shoe. Right. Mm. Then noticing how a foot naturally should be noticing that, Hey, Kadur Ziani, one of my best friends, mentors, he's 50 years old. Crazy. Five foot eleven and can dunk a basketball. Can kick the rim of a basketball net. <laughs> what? It is insane. Yeah, it's and, insane. It's unbelievable. Shout yeah, out Kador. Yeah, and he's a big believer in in having the full ability of his foot. So I get excited when I see potential. Hmm. So the whole knee ability system is like, yeah, you can wind up with the ability to throw down a dunk from rehabbing your knees. Like that is so cool to me. So the same the same philosophy that got me off painkillers got me able to dunk a basketball. Mm. And so I see with the foot, uh, similar to, okay, I try to make something that makes it accessible for people to walk backward, but I've helped more people with my zero program than anything I sell where you don't mm. need any equipment. Yep. I think it's the same with the foot. You're saying you don't need anything to have someone could have 
ability, health in the feet, above average with literally nothing. Yes. You can be fully Definitely. naked and work on your balance. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for best results, ground, grounding fully naked <laughs> with the sun yes, right check, on those check, boys. Check. Um, so, but when I tried this, I, I personally like simple devices that I can see progress, that I can sort of amplify the workout a bit. Also, body weight stuff. So, like, I'm covered either way. Yep. So, I can kind of have fun with the tool versus also get great results. Body weight. So, we really build from the ground up it's one of the things we're most known for with atg is building the foot and the lower leg muscles but to take it deeper if someone's foot is jammed in and if their shoe is jamming their foot in my conclusion was okay we need to make something our sport is basketball i couldn't find a basketball shoe that does your four f's mm. so so we actually made that i think you did a great job by the way and i'm, means I'm a lot. i don't uh I'm very honest and I'm pretty, uh, I'm, a, I'm a stickler when it comes to shoes. Like I have a high bar and I was, when I put this thing on, I was very impressed actually. Super happy to hear that. Because it's not often that someone actually respects the true, uh, like actually gives true respect to the four Fs. And yeah, I think, I think also people fundamentally underestimate how a shoe that allows your foot to function naturally will automatically give you the opportunity to build stronger feet and a stronger mm -hmm. foundation. And it's funny how a shoe, switching your footwear is a one-time change that turns every single step you take into something that can help restore healthy feet. And on the flip side, mm. every step you take in an unnatural shoe is actually removing more and more function away from you. Mm. And we're sold that if you have support in a shoe, it's good. Well, you would never say, you know, if you use a crutch all day, it's good. That wouldn't make sense, right? But we treat the foot fundamentally different as this different body part than the rest of the body. And when you really break it down to first principles, it's like less shoe equals more foot. The less support you have in the shoe, the more support you must get intrinsically from the foot. Therefore, your foot's gonna be stronger. The less stiffness you have in the shoe, the more mobility you're gonna be able to express at your foot. And I think with equipment, what I really love about all this equipment that you have in here is like, I've always had this mindset where simple tool, complex behaviors, complex tool, simple behaviors, right? Like a, a machine that isolates your bicep doesn't allow you to, to do a whole lot. It's just one muscle. Maybe there's a place for that. Right. But I think but it, and it costs more than all the equipment we use. Combined, right. Like one elaborate machine. And, and less shoe, more mm. complex moving behaviors of the foot. Less, you know, the soulmate is literally a tube of cork. But it yep. offers this unlimited spectrum of complex movement behaviors that you can express because you're not limited to the confines of the tool. And so I think the same philosophy holds true. I think shoes are a tool, right? They're a tool that were designed to protect our feet. And the irony of that is that shoes are actually the main thing damaging our feet. And all you have to do is go to a natural shoe to, to turn a shoe back into something that protects the sole of your foot from damage. Um, Mm. and allows it to express itself fully. And it's such a subtle thing, but I think just getting back to the initial thing we were talking about is like, by you creating a shoe that people can wear that allows them to express natural foot function, you have essentially, you're essentially like training every step they take through the tool you've created. So I, you know, I don't want you to under, uh, underestimate the power of, of creating a product that allows people to move away from something that's damaging their foot function, that actually allows them to express full function at their feet every time they wear it. And that's pretty powerful, I think. And it, I was gonna say, especially, 
you switch if you switch the shoe even while you do all your atg training just changing the shoe completely changes the load profile on your feet you don't even have to do any extra training to the foot necessarily it just creates more load by changing the footwear and you do the same split squats you do the same backwards walking all of these things are now more of a foot exercise just by changing the shoe yeah and then point. the other thing i was going to add to that is that we, we sort of have this tagline it's the name of our podcast which is restore to explore so the, the idea is that you want to restore capacity to the foot and to the lower limb and to the body restore natural function and sometimes you need to work to do that. Like you do actually have to do targeted exercises because there are specific areas of limitations and restrictions or weaknesses. And it's like for you, if you would, if I just said to you, oh, you need to go and play, you need to go and play basketball with your knees. It's like, well, I can't, it, it hurts. Like my body is stopping me from doing that. So you had to restore your function first, but it's not just restoring for the sake of restoring, it's restoring to explore what you're capable of and to go and play the things that um, connect you with your body, connect you with friends. Like it, that's the deeper part of that. So it's like working so you can play, restoring so you can explore. Um, and I think that's like a really good uh marriage of our systems in a sense like we do focus on restore restoration but i think you guys do that probably as good as anyone if not better than anyone and then what people can do yeah you definitely don't need a soulmate or a beam you can even make your own beam you could just get a plank of wood and you could do all of these same things same with our stuff yeah it's yeah. like you could, but you, i am going to use this yeah <laughs> why the the specific shape of it the feel of it the you know like there's a lot of elements that go into it that make it more effective than just a plank of wood. I'd say especially the dome shape, because like I said at the start, our foot's not just meant to be on flat level ground all the time or flat level surfaces. So having something other than flat level uh, surface makes a big difference to how your foot functions. But yeah, people can get started literally on flat ground or on a plank of wood or on a couple of planks of wood. And they, we just want them to get addicted to that process. And then eventually they just keep exploring. It's perfect restore to explore we need like the stepbrothers like did we just become the <laughs> stepbrothers hell yeah That's i'm right, gonna man. kind of conclude because i think this is so good someone can explore further so i'm gonna give my recap for the atgers out Beautiful. there i always love is, to hear concepts explained in a different way from a different perspective because i always learn different little nuggets of how to explain it differently because you always want to explain to the people you're speaking to and uh yeah it's going to be rad and to also both ways. I'd love to hear from coming in, visiting ATG, your experience. So for me, getting my foot in a shoe that at least wasn't jamming my foot in so that when I am exercising, playing basketball, whatever it is that has those forces, like he said, I can be getting more out of it health wise for my foot. There's lots of great shoes out there. There was none for basketball. So I wanted to make that something that looks like a sneaker that you could wear it down the street and no one's gonna even notice that you're wearing a barefoot shoe. So that's part of it. I have been exploring with a spacer for the big toe because I was so jammed in that if I can get my foot out a little bit, I kind of feel my foot working more when my big toe mm -hmm. is pushed out a little bit. Now, if you look at this, the surface goes this way. So now the big toe can spread out. So what I'm showing people here, if they're listening on the podcast and not watching, is that this soulmate it's cork and it's a rounded surface and so you can stand on it where your big toe sort of naturally separates out from the second toe and what i noticed it was like whoa 
if you can stand, you can improve your balance and your foot strength. It's the same light bulb of if you can walk, you can start walking backward. And now you could incrementally build that ability. So I think about myself, my kids, my wife, my parents. I know for my kids, having these cork devices, which are like totally safe and just having them around the play area where you have this gymnastic bar, my two-year-old hangs from it. I don't want to ever tell them they have to work out. I want to make natural stuff around the house that keeps us all more active and healthier. They will naturally, my kids will naturally want to stand and balance on this. Their feet aren't messed up yet. We're even making our sneaker with little kid Velcro ones with mm -hmm. like, so it just won't mess their foot up at all. So I'm absolutely going to have these in my house. And for my parents, this gives them something cool that they could just actually stand and work on balancing. So my challenge to someone listening would be, even if you don't have a device yet, even if you don't have any ATG devices, get a nice natural sort of bend in the ankle, the knee, the hip, like get into a comfortable position uh, where you're not just like stiff legged, just whatever feels comfortable and, and try to balance for 60 seconds each side. And tell me you don't feel some foot muscles burning. And if and, you want it more challenging, <laughs> close your eyes. It's a, it's a totally different experience. That's going to be over to these guys. <laughs> um, so that's simple. And then do your 25 tibialis raises against the wall. Now tell me from those, those two things, balancing for a minute each side per foot and stand next to something so you can use balance with the hand. Be trying not to but have something nearby so you don't lose your balance and have to start over. So your, your foot muscles are like mm. under tension the whole time. And then do your 25 tibialis raises. And what do you think about for the rest of your life versus ignoring those areas? Mm. So it's such a small amount of time investment. You need literally nothing to start doing it. You can get tools that might add to the chance of you long-term sticking with it. So I, I know if this, if the soulmate is around the house, I just know it'll happen more. Just like as soon as we put in uh, the backward treadmill at the house, my wife does it all the time. And that's a prompt. It's like a reminder. Yeah, it's yeah. it's there. It accelerates your results in less time. It's just kind of a natural thing to be like, wow, if I could get more results in less time. But someone just starting out, like <laughs> do any of these things I'm talking about with no equipment at all, and you can start getting results. And most people won't even get bored with that for about six months. Like even for myself, I did pure zero training for six months, like no tools at all, getting all that lower leg work to rebuild. I think it's one of the reasons the ATG system has worked well for a lot of people is the amount of time we spend strengthening through our feet, but there's further levels someone could take this. And I like that now in my mind, it's really clear when someone's like, all right, what, what would that first step be? Okay. So the first step for the knee would be backward. The first step for the foot would be balancing and then doing so just as you would add resistance to going backward with a sled or resisted treadmill now add this curve so now your now your foot is having to work harder while getting your big toe into that natural position so it's like you just came in made it simple for me i can now have soulmates at the house that's it like boom I, i'll be i know myself and how i operate i love mastering the fundamentals i'll be busy with that for the next year just me <laughs> my wife who her sport was figure skating. So her ankle foot was like super weak from being in a, in a stiff boot where it didn't get to move. So the four F's like the, the flexible part, there's no flexibility mm. within the shoe. So skaters often wind up where they have powerful legs, but the ankles and the tissues around the ankle are very stiff and weak from not being able to, 
move. So all of us, the kids, me, my wife, my parents, we will all have fun with this for the next year, getting that foundation in. It's common sense. So I absolutely love it. So that was that was my conclusion from it. Uh, if Derek has I'm excited, anything else man. to add to I'm that. Excited. I'm excited to get my uh, Uncivilized shoes, man. Yeah. I think they, they kind of convinced me, you know what I mean? I'm still on the edge a little bit, like, you know what I mean? I still like my sneaks, but, uh, but I'm definitely excited to get these. But what, because I've looked over your, your Instagram and I see you guys cure bunions and shin splints and knee pain. And, we help people yeah, fix like, Yeah, I guess we you can't, can't say that word, my bad. Like, <laughs> all good delete, delete. But, uh, but same, what, with us, same concept. Yeah, same concept. What What have you seen? Like, give me some, give me some uh, testimonials you guys experienced. Give me some things what, that what you- What are the most common ones? Yeah, what are the most common ones? There you go, Ben. Plantar fasciitis is the, the big one and, you know, we get a lot of reviews on, so there's different levels basically. So some people with plantar fasciitis, they just start training on a soulmate. They start restoring foot function. There's other things you can do on the soulmate besides um, yeah. balancing. So you can get toe mobility, you can get calf mobility, ankle, um, like all of these other things. Yeah, head, so, head over to the Foot Collective yeah. page. And we've got like um, full training system that shows people yep. how to yeah. do that. So some people can just start gradually adding load in that way and playing with the soulmate and they can get really good results there's other people especially where the pain is more persistent then you know they need a bit more support along the journey they need uh, potentially professional advice uh, assessment all of these things so yeah. it's going to be very individual so we're not going to say hey just start playing in a soulmate it's going to fix your issues but it's if you go gradually enough it's definitely going to help and it's also going to give you a good idea of where you are, where you're at and where you need to go. But certainly we get a lot of reviews from people saying their plantar fasciitis is better. Bunions are a bit of a tough one because they're sort of like a, you know, a deformity essentially. Yeah. And that can be, you may not actually ever, depending on the severity of the bunion, you may not ever get that toe fully aligned without some kind of surgery. But what, I, what we do hear a lot with bunions is hey, my toe's not perfectly aligned, but it's functioning better and it's less painful. So yep. do I care? Do I need to get a surgery if it's functioning fine? If, you know, if I'm, I'm pain-free and I'm able to do the things I like to do? Probably not. Um, I love it. I love it. Like, what, what's another big one? Oh, Morton's neuroma. That's a, that's a bit of a classic one. That's like a, a thickening of the nerve in between your third and fourth metatarsal. And that... Uh, that really is just from compression of the foot in shoes. And so as soon as you start decompressing, widening the toe splay, spreading out those metatarsals, especially with a dome or toe spreaders and natural footwear, mm. again, it all has to be gradual. But that that's commonly, uh, people are really commonly told that that's unfixable without surgery. But again, you might not actually change the structure of the thickened nerve, but you can change the symptoms and you can change the function. So that's that, huge. Yeah. All the things that's you named are things that affect millions of people. And we're talking about simple solutions here, which is rad. I think a big part too is the knock-on effects of feeling a sense of empowerment that you can actually work towards fixing something and feel results. People often come to us and they've spent thousands of dollars and tons of hours seeing professionals, getting devices, orthotics, whatever it might be. And <clears throat> once they learn the fundamentals of footwear and they learn, oh, I can actually do this little practice every morning for 10 minutes and upgrade my shoes. And I feel way better now than after you know six months of rehab and all these money spent on device i think that's the bigger thing because it puts the ball back in their court mm -hmm. and allows them to feel a sense of agency where it's like wow if i can do this with this simple stuff 
what else can I do? You know, what else can I do to work upstream and like deal with my knee issues, deal with my back issues. And, you know, some of the knock on effects of people improving their hip, cause you can't really have a foot conversation without actually having a, an honest hip conversation. They're kind of like deeply intertwined. Mm. And so by and looking ankle, at and, they, and ankle, and like, but, but I find a lot of times it's like, if you, if you do things to upgrade the foot and upgrade your hips, mm-hmm. the ones in between like the knees and the low back oftentimes start to feel better because they're trying to compensate and make up for something that your foot, hip and ankle can't do. And without actually targeting them directly, you restore function and ability uh, in your hip and your foot. And oftentimes the other joints that were getting overloaded because they're doing the work of those areas that, that those areas couldn't do start to feel better. And I think that just increases the motivation for people to continue engaging with the process. Maybe they don't have all the answers, but at least they have a sense of hope that it's like, wow, I can actually make changes in my life improve how I feel, improve how I function and get back to doing things I like and not feel a sense of hopelessness that it's like, oh God, this hurts now. This is breaking down. Now I got to go to this therapist. It's like some, sometimes you need to go see someone, but a lot of times you can make changes in your life, simple changes, mm. and they can have these drastic mm. knock-on effects to f- give people a sense of empowerment that they actually are in control of their health and they can do things in their day-to-day life that have these, that pay dividends for the rest of their life. So I think that's a big aha moment that a lot of people have is the respect the simple respect the process and uh there's always something you can do that actually doesn't require this big onerous commitment that can actually give you really good benefits and it might be way simpler than what you think which kind of ties in well to what you do right like who knew walking backwards can have such knock-on effects to improving systemic lower body function Mm. and sometimes people discount the simple right they're like there's no way it can be that simple when in fact it's like well just try it and see Maybe it's not that simple for you, but if it if it gets you 5% relief or 10% improved function, that's still better than where you are now. What You have nothing to lose by trying. It's priceless. That's lovely. It's yeah. having a stepping stone, a way to start, that then you get the confidence of mastery over the subject. That's priceless, like being able to take care of the body. Yes. So, yeah, it, it flows totally hand-in-hand. Hand. The Foot Collective, ATG, have the same philosophy about life, which is that the best position to be in is where you are in control over the situation and you understand it and you can you can handle the situation rather than running from the situation yeah. and hoping that some other source, some mm. super cushion shoe or this or that handles you, which even if someone's doing that, there's still the ability of your foot is only gonna help. So yes. it's like you have all these, I think of it as all these opportunities for results no matter what part of the puzzle mm. people are putting together, you have a ton of different opportunities for yourself to take care of the body. And that is something a lot of people, I feel like the last few years have been looking at, look how powerful it's turned out our own immune systems are over the last few years. What an important deal health mm. is, being able to take care mm. of yourself. This is this is pretty priceless stuff, I think, is the the knowledge and, and know-how of taking care of your own body. So. You made that simple for us for feet. I now know a stepping stone towards mastering the foot towards helping other people with the foot. So that's priceless for me. So thank you both. Any, any final words anyone wants to say? Yeah, Thank you, man. I appreciate you guys coming in. You know, I got one little quick, I know being like, let's go. (laughs) But listen, (laughs) try to get it in someone's workouts. So listen, like how far do you, can someone take this? Cause I know you, I see you guys walk around. You say you kind of go everywhere in your bare feet. Like what's the pinnacle of somebody like, 
Like, what, how far can you take it? Oh, man, you can take it very far. <laughs> the, yeah. uh, Tony Riddle, the natural lifestylist in England, he, had, he was born with club foot, had to wear all these braces. I think he might have had surgeries. I can't remember the exact story. He's got, he was on our podcast or Nick's original podcast, TFC Audio Project. And he lost his shoes, basically, like, had this experience where he was like, you know, I need to lose the shoes. He's ended up running across the whole of England barefoot in, I can't remember in how many days I should brush up it on was the story, a, but it was, it's, an impressive it's feat. very impressive, literally wow. yeah, an impressive feat. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you can take it really far. I mean, for me, I'm not that extreme, uh, but I can run barefoot on concrete. No, like no issues musculoskeletally. Eventually my skin would get sore because I just haven't built up to that amount of volume, but you know, you can rock hop, you can, you can do uh, parkour jang is a really good example yeah. if anyone if people should follow him he's this he's like, like an urban tarzan yeah he's like oh, wow. jumping around doing all these parkour things all barefoot what's his name parkour jang parkour jang yeah okay. parkour dot jang i think he is on instagram he was on our podcast too just people take it really far to amazing extremes which i think is awesome it's awesome to see what's possible but again you want to you, you don't want that to scare people off because it's not yeah. all or nothing it's like yeah. you know baby step yeah it's all yeah. a spectrum well parkour i, love it, I had man. parkour jang on the podcast recently and he framed it beautifully where he's like i post this instagram video of me doing this crazy parkour traverse across a big gap and people see that and they're like shit that's cool but i could never do that what they don't see is him taking a half day to break up every single sub element of that working towards that and then piecing all the parts of the puzzle together into this beautiful thing. But I think the real empowering thing is actually showing people that it literally starts. The first step is just start with something small mm. because even that's where he starts. Mm. And I think everyone, you know, for him doing some crazy parkour movement, the equivalent for the average person is like, might be just go for a walk barefoot for 10 minutes. And that's where you should be. And that's there, you shouldn't be anywhere else. Yeah. That's your first step. And I think, yeah, I think there's so much that can be done but with subtraction. Like if you subtract unnatural shoes, it's a giant upgrade and you didn't actually have to add anything, right? If you subtract the chairs and spend a little bit of time on the floor, you didn't have to add anything, but you just turned watching Netflix into a complete hip mobility, lower body recalibration yeah. opportunity. And I think we just have to get back to the simpler because we all have busy lives and we don't need to add more things sometimes it's just about subtracting the things that are stopping us from moving forward and stopping our body's ability from actually expressing itself fully and i think that's refreshing to people because they don't want to be told they have to do more things it's not about adding more things it's about doing smarter things with the time you have and you might find the dividends you get paid are way bigger than all the stuff you were trying to add i love so, it man addition by subtraction. thanks for having us by the way guys yeah, like it was really a treat training it. with you guys hearing your perspective uh seeing the impressive abilities you have to get into these really like i wouldn't say extreme but like impressive positions under load the thing that i learned most about today i don't know about you jim but putting yourself into the turning putting your mobility practice under some load can actually accentuate what you get out of that in a major way mm -hmm. and i think i've always felt that you really only own a position when you can maintain it, breathe and do it under under load. That's how you really like hit control save on whatever mobility you just opened up. Mm. If you can't actually prove that you have the right to keep it by having stability there, then you're probably not gonna be able to keep it. And to watch you guys get into these extreme positions where you're putting your body in these positions you don't typically see people in, 
doing it under load and doing it in a stable way, to me, that kind of connected the dots where it's like, wow, loading a mobility practice in a safe, responsible way and seeing what is what the potential is by seeing you <laughs> load a super wide split squat and the hip extension you have under load was like really impressive. So thanks for having us and hosting us on the podcast. It's really been a treat and yeah, it's been great learning from you guys. No, I love it, man. It sounds like, like the principles you have like go hand in hand with ATG and mm. Ben's philosophy, man. So I think like like Ben says, big, big air hub. Yeah, we, we do a lot less by being strong through range of motion. Yeah, you so, can you can do a lot less and get a lot more, basically. Bang for your buck, like yeah. we said yeah. today. Huge yeah. bang for the buck with this. Yeah. I'm going to be using my soulmates right in the house. I don't even have to change my lifestyle at all, and we can all improve our foot health. Thanks for listening and watching. Thank you guys for joining us. See ya. Peace.